listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. All right, here we are with another episode of the Great Groups Podcast. I'm excited today because we have Ashley Chestnut, our Associate Singles 20s, 30s Minister here at Brook Hills. So, we're looking forward to speaking with Ashley. Ashley, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, Jay told you what my title is, but what I actually do is I um, work with the girl side of Singles 20s, 30s um, here at Brook Hills. So I oversee those small groups and those small group leaders and do leader development. Um, I also do just meeting with girls and, and some counseling in that demographic. I also, I mean, when you work on a church staff, you wear many hats. So Mm, I actually oversee the curriculum um, at Brook Hills as well and do the small group guides and have a hand in women's ministry. So for those that may not be familiar, we do a weekly sermon-based small group guide and Ashley coordinates the writing and well, we have different writers. Sometimes Ashley writes, but she edits that for us. And so it's available late Sunday afternoons. Um, I'm a fan of of our small group guide, and I, I think it's great to use. It, it It just helps us to hit one topic again and not have so many different topics that we go through. So that's why I'm, why I'm a fan of using the small group guide. So today we're going to do, uh, we're going to talk about preparing to lead Bible study. And for some reason I had it in my mind that Ashley had taught something like this two or three years ago and had shared some notes and they were very good. And I thought, you know, we're gonna that that was one of my things. Uh, Chris and I talked. We had about fifty episodes lined up, and then you know COVID hit. There I am saying that word. There again. it is. We <laughs> we we did one episode actually where we didn't actually mention the word. So um, Ashley just does a great job at everything she puts her hand to, and so uh, we're excited to talk with her today about preparing to lead a Bible study or lead a small group session. And so we're going to get into that, but uh, a little bit more about Ashley. Uh, there's this book called Down in the Ham. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I have a children's book about Birmingham called Down in the Ham. And it's it's really got two aspects to it. So one is where Vulcan, who is the narrator, gives you a history about Birmingham. But the other part of it is he also gives you a downtown tour and there's a scavenger hunt element so that families can not only go downtown and know what to see, but it gives them something to do together when they go. And we have two coloring books that Illustrator and I did um, about Birmingham as well. So Color the Ham is about downtown, and Around the Ham is Birmingham's suburbs. So it really just came out of a prayer of how can I serve in our city and get mm-hmm. plugged into our city and be outside of the church bubble? And, and Down in the Ham has been a way to do that. I've met so many different people, whether it's Pepper Place vendors or just people I've met at different events. And it also got me into some fourth grade classrooms talking about Sweet. Birmingham's history. So <laughs> yes. it's been a fun journey and a nice outlet to have outside of just what I do here at the church. 
And I'm sure after this podcast releases and our thousands of listeners right. respond yeah. that sales are going to be through the roof. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And I, I think there's another book that uh, will soon be released that's sort of a little bit different from Down in the Ham. Definitely different from Down in the Ham. Um, <laughs> yes. So I have a book coming out with B&H Publishing, which is part of Lifeway. And it comes out August 3rd. And it is called It's Not Just You. And it's about freeing women to talk about sexual sin and fight it well. Hmm. And so it's really a book that's born out of 16 years of doing ministry with college girls and young single women and their struggles with sexual sin. And there just not being a lot of resources out there for women who are struggling with sexual sin in the church. Hmm. And I think I know where you're going with the title, but just to explain the title, it's not just you. Yeah, so it really just comes from that feeling that a lot of girls have that I'm the only one who struggles with this, or I don't feel like I can tell somebody because that's a guy's struggle. And so Mm. I just wanted girls um, to know that it's not just them, that Mm. their struggle is common and not just common um, among women, but even common among women in the local church and even here at Brook Hills. Mm -hmm. And how much um, biblical content and spiritual content is woven into the book? So the book is divided into three sections. So the first section is really um, all the different contributing factors to why we sin. So if you're thinking about why we sin, there is a spiritual warfare warfare element. There is our own weakness in the fact that we are sinners with a sin nature and, um, and we don't need any help in choosing to sin. Um, there's also, um, we need to take into consideration people's woundedness, um, and different trajectories of sin that they may not have landed on if certain things happened, hadn't happened in their life. And then there's also a biological component that we do need to understand how depression or anxiety or different, um, things that happen in our body affect us spiritually. So that's the first part. Um, the, the second part is really where I look at what is God's design for sex. And if we know what God's design is, then we know why things are sin. And so I talk about different sins and give a biblical explanation for why they're sin. And then the third part is, okay, if I'm struggling, what do I do? Mm. So, and that's also based a lot on Colossians 3 and and other texts that I walk through typically with girls when I'm meeting with them. Mm, that's cool. Mm. Can I just we appreciate you, I'm just going to say how grateful I am for yes. her ministry <laughs> at our church. I mean, wow, awesome. Yes, and it, it seems like, you know, maybe we're just more aware these days, but it seems like there are so many needs out there. And it's, um, it's great for our Brook Hills people to know there are some resources out there that are Christ-centered that they can get a hold of or... Uh, contact Ashley and, um, you know, get some help in, uh, for yourself or dealing with somebody else in your family or a loved one that, that's going through some of these things, that uh, there's help out there. I'm even thinking, though, like just as a small group leader, I mean, if something like this comes up in your small group, even if it's married couples, co-ed, if there's something like this, like, boom, like what a, what a way to, to guide and direct, um, you know, to Ashley's ministry to, to let that help, you know, 
let the process go the yes. way it should go yes. <laughs> instead All of trying right. to navigate it on your own. <laughs> just, just keep in mind, um, if you're thinking about this with groups, just keep in mind, I'm not telling you as parents how to have the sex talk with your kids. <laughs> yes. I've had a lot of people ask about yes. that. That's not what I'm okay. trying to yeah. accomplish. Yeah. Good, so. good. Well, let's move on to the topic of the day. Sounds like we can come back yeah. you know, somewhere down the road for another episode. And when is the book out? August 3rd. August 3rd. Okay. okay. We'll put that down, and, and you guys might want to be aware of that. But, um, you know, and there are so many parts of small group ministry that I want to help equip you as listeners for. And one of these is just talking through preparing a lesson. How do you go through? How do you prepare to teach the Bible? And some of you may be new to, to this. Maybe you're just becoming a small group leader. Others may have done it for years. Well, you might pick up some tips. And so... Um, I love just repeating the basics and going through some things, hearing a different perspective of how somebody else does that. And um, I know Ashley does an excellent job there. So let's uh, let's begin and talk through some of those things. So Ashley, where would you start? Yeah. So um, one of the things that I like to keep in mind, I actually learned in college, and um, I knew I was called to ministry from like elementary age. But when I was thinking about what degree do I get before I go to seminary, I decided middle grades education, because if I want to teach people about Jesus, I need to learn to be a good teacher. And if I can teach middle schoolers, I can teach there you anyone. Go. <laughs> so um, true. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that I learned in my education classes when we were talking about curriculum development, they always told us to begin with the end in mind. And so as I'm thinking about teaching people the Bible or teaching a lesson on a particular text or teaching on a particular topic, I need to know what is it that I want these girls or the people I'm teaching to walk away with? What do I want to, them to walk away knowing? Um, or what do I want them to walk away knowing how to do? Um, so I need to identify that goal. And then once I've identified the goal, then I know how best to help them reach that goal. And what do I need to do as far as how I teach, what questions I ask, um, all of that is driving towards that goal. So think of it like a thesis um, in an English paper. You don't do things that don't relate to the thesis. I'm afraid we might have lost some of the audience just now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, get past that. Middle grades education, English and social studies. There you go. (laughs) Um, And so you want everything to be driving towards that. So it helps me even to know what to cut and what not to do. Mm. So begin with the end in mind. Mm. Cool. That's good advice. I remember one of my first seminary classes, it was was pretty basic on, you know, teaching, and it had a... uh, one of the illustrations that the professor presented was like this corral or stable, and it had some horses pictured on the inside, some horses on the outside. It said, think about where you're going. Um, you know, some things need to stay in, some things need to be left out. And, you know, we just, we don't need to teach everything we study, but but think about, you know, what you're headed toward, what your goal is, and that helps eliminate some of the things we, we need to leave out. Well, hmm. and even if I'm thinking about beginning with the end in mind, that's not just for a lesson. That actually applies to as I'm thinking about what do we do or study in the life of our small group. So at the end of my girl, so I lead a group of uh, singles, 20s, 30s ladies. And if I'm thinking about in the course of my time as their small group leader, what do I want them to walk away knowing? And I want them to know the gospel and how to share it. I want them to know spiritual disciplines. I want them to know the storyline of the Bible. I want them to know how to fight sin. 
I want them to know about biblical womanhood. Um, I want them to have opportunities to teach um, within our group because it's a safe place for them to practice. So if these are things that I'm identifying as goals um, just in my discipleship of them, then that guides what we do as a study, because I'm not going to do things that aren't going to reach that goal. Mm -hmm. And so, which also helps because what they want to study, like if they want to do a study of revelation or whatever else, it may not be what they need to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do what they need, not necessarily what they want. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. when I think about that, I just picture, you know, kids, you know, um, you know, in my household, I had a boy and a girl and if they had gotten the food they wanted all the time, it's pizza and French fries. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know that doesn't go for a well-rounded diet. Exactly. And and sometimes you know we just um, need to to start with the end in mind and make sure that um, at the end we've delivered the things that that they need to be a well-rounded believer. I was curious, Ashley, do you have a list of things you've written down, or or kind of just in your mind processed? All of those goals that you want to teach over time? How I pretty does... much just gave them to you. Okay, you got them. Okay. <laughs> I did. And there's things with serving too. Like I, I try to lead a mission team um, that I can take my girls on if they want to go. Um, and I've had several girls I've taken on short-term trips. Um, there's been different serving projects that I've been involved with that I'll invite girls to come with me. Um, to do. And so different things like that, but I, I gave you the short list. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You know, and one of the things I, um, I teach in small group basics, which those of you outside of Brook Hills, it's like a two-hour class that it's a one-time prerequisite for leading a small group here at Brook Hills. And we talk about what it is to be a disciple and list some components of that. And I encourage the the people going through there, have in your mind what the what a disciple is. And then Design your curriculum. You know, make sure you're teaching the things to get there. And so I know that's what Ashley has just said. And another thing I I thought was was really good. I, Ashley had talked about what they need to know and what they need to be equipped to do. And sometimes I think we as small group leaders, it's very easy to get tied up in just teaching for knowledge, and we don't necessarily think about equipping people. And Ephesians four talks about that uh, in, in a great way that we are to equip people for ministry, not just teach them the Bible and hope that they get something out of it. So that that's a comment I, I just want to echo and say, hey, we need to, to think, are we equipping our people not only to live the Christian life, but to be Christian leaders and influencing others? Because that's, that's part of being a disciple as well. Yeah. So if I'm thinking about beginning with the end in mind, once I've identified all of that, Um, It's really whatever I'm teaching, I need to be studying Um, and not just studying to teach, but I don't teach what I haven't spent time studying for myself. Um, I need time for the word to work on me. And I'm a much more effective teacher of the word when I've been a student of it first. Um, So not just amassing information, not just understanding the text, but applying it to my own heart and life. So. so we probably shouldn't wait until the day before to start preparing. <laughs> yeah, not typically, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. How far in advance do you like to start thinking and praying and studying? Yeah, so as far as like identifying what my group is studying, I like to start identifying that um, if I'm a third of the way through like whatever my group is currently doing, I'm already thinking, what are we doing next? And that way it gives me time to pray. It gives me time to look at some options. 
even talk to my girls to get a handle on where are you right now and what would be best next with where y'all are now. Um, so I'll, I'll do that. And, um, usually by the time we've finished our current study of whatever, I've already started studying. Mm -hmm. I try to stay a couple of weeks ahead. It doesn't always work out that way, (laughs) but it gives me space, um, because I'm a slow mover through scripture. So I need a couple of weeks head start Mm -hmm. on whatever we're doing. What's your group doing now? Oh, gracious. Okay. So right now we are doing um, a study called, well, it doesn't have a title because I'm coming up with it, (laughs) but we're studying the storyline of justice as a thread in the storyline of scripture. Wow. So I found that if I'm thinking about what do my girls not know that they need to know, there's the storyline of scripture element that still needs some understanding of the Old Testament there, but there's also an ethics and justice piece. Of, of things that we just need to know what does the Bible say about topics such as racism and abortion and interracial marriage and immigration, um, the poor. How do we think about these things as Christ followers and in our politically charged environment where neither political party accurately represents mm. the Bible? We need to know how to think about these things. So, uh, for example, if we're doing justice in the book of Genesis, you get capital punishment being talked about in Genesis 9. And so we're studying that text. With Exodus, we were looking at how do we know what Old Testament laws to keep or not keep today. And you also get abortion, well, kind of a proof text for abortion. You get immigration and you get restitution talked about in Exodus um, 21 to 23. With Leviticus, we did Day of Atonement because we need to understand God's sense of justice. And Forgiving somebody is a very unjust thing to do. So we need to understand how God can be just and forgive sinners. Um, And then we did interracial marriage with Numbers 13. And with Deuteronomy, we did rape laws and how does God really think about women? Hmm. So that's where we are right now. We're doing war in the just war theory with Joshua and Judges. There you go. Well, when you put all that together in a book, we'll go through that. I just want to apologize to my group right now for the study that we're doing. <laughs> this is why I stay ahead. By there you go. There you go. Yeah, we've been a little bit more simple. We've, um, you know, have done the small group guide and love that. I love the focus of that along with the sermon. But we've uh, pulled out. We're doing Acts, going through the book of Acts right now, and I've really loved digging mm. into that. Chris, what are you, what's your group doing? Well, we're kind of in between, honestly, because we were we we're going to dive into a, a, a brief Luke study for Advent, um, and mm-hmm. then I had a couple of weeks in between, so we kind of followed a little bit of the Psalms and whatnot, um, and actually just studied uh, Colossians 1 with Thanksgiving with Paul. Last week, um, our big goal is Isaiah uh, in the new year, so this is coming out of a very, very, very long Roman study. It took much longer than I anticipated. There you go. From Romans to Isaiah. <laughs> right. So that's a whole other podcast episode coming up. <laughs> We're just curious, Ashley, how do you organize, you know, as you study, do you um, just keep a notebook and put in some notes? Do you type it in a computer? Or have, what's your organization system? We just want to be real practical here. Yeah. <laughs> Share what people do. Uh, I'm very old school. I have a notebook and it's not a pretty journal. It really is like a three subject. And she has it with her today. She's <laughs> holding it up. It's a red spiral bound it's notebook a with a pen notebook. in it. Yeah. So you Love can it. get these on Amazon. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I just take notes 
as I'm studying the Bible. And so some of those notes are me summarizing the text I just read to make sure I was paying attention and not drifting off (laughs) in my mind. Some of them are questions that I have that I'm going to look at a commentary later to double check myself. Um, Some of them are things that the text makes me think of to pray. Um, there are just application points. So I'm, I'm literally just taking notes on the text for myself, but I have to write it to know that I actually thought it and to remember it. So mm. writing is, is my way of, of, um, understanding the right. text. Right. Do you have you a know, favorite commentary like, uh, Matthew Henry or anything like that? Um, so, it would depend on the book of the Bible. So I'm not like a certain commentary series girl. I do like, um, if I'm going to look for a commentary, bestcommentaries.com rates commentaries. Hmm. And so I'll use that rating. They also tell you um, like what type of commentary. Is it technical? Is it devotional? Is it pastoral? Um, so that's also helpful if I'm trying to understand uh, what type of commentary, because I usually like to have two or three or four. And let's go back and reference that. You said it's a site called Best Commentaries. BestCommentaries.com. And we do have a link to that at brookhills.org slash leader resources yeah, that you guys can so. find that there. And if it's helpful to you, Ligonier does a top five commentaries for mm-hmm. each book of the Bible. And so that one also is helpful if you just want a short list. Um, but my favorite commentary author is Dr. Alan Ross, and he is an Old Testament scholar. He's actually a professor at Beeson and has the most incredible commentary on Genesis in a three-volume series of Psalms that is killer. Wow, that's <laughs> nice. good to know. Yeah. <laughs> good to know. I'm a little bit of a book nerd. So. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things, you know, we're going through Acts, we're using the Christ-centered exposition commentaries that that's I really like. The the entire Bible is not out yet on that, but um, I love to get those as they as they come out. And for small group leaders, there are a number of questions at the end of each mm-hmm. chapter as well that they help you work through those. And, um, you know, one of the things we started doing a couple of months ago is um, for our new leaders, we're giving a copy of the New Bible Commentary by InterVarsity. And so I know those of you that have been leaders a while are going, I wonder why didn't I get one? But anyway, I've given you the title. Sorry, we can't buy everyone, everybody one now, but we're doing that to equip new leaders to give them a, a resource, but it's good to hear. Are there any other commentaries you'd mention? Um, one good series to keep in mind is the Preaching the Word series that's edited by R. Kent Hughes. And basically it's called Preaching the Word because it's a pastor who preached through that book of the Bible. And so it's it's not necessarily where you're looking up a verse. It's where you're basically reading that pastor's sermon um, but it's very devotional. It's very applicable. It's the type of thing that you could incorporate it in family worship. Um, it's easy to understand where a high school student or a middle school student could understand it. So I found that that's a helpful one if I'm thinking on how do I apply this? Why is this relevant? Um, that's a great series for that. Mm, cool. Um, one of the things I'd heard you talk about before was the big idea of a, of a text and teaching the big idea. So let's talk about that a little bit, the main point, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, I want to make sure that I understand not just the minutia of a text. I want to be able to zoom out and summarize the text in like two to three sentences. Um, And if I have, if I can wrap my head around what are two to three sentences that capture what this chapter or this text means, then I'm going to be better able to lead um, my group in a discussion of it because I've wrapped my head around it enough that I can simplify it. Mm. I discovered a few years ago that 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 process, that thought process is even helpful for daily devotions. If 
whether you're reading a devotional book or reading a section of the Bible, if you can write down in one very short sentence what God's speaking to you and what He's calling you to do, or, you know, you can start out with just what that Scripture is saying, you know, what what what's for me out of that? It's very helpful, worded in our own words. That shows we understand it, and we know exactly what God's calling us to do as a result of that. And so I, I like that idea of uh, just the, the big picture, the big idea of what, what God's speaking to us or what the meaning is of the passage. You mentioned also outlining a text. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so this is something, again, I'm an English, like, English major, teaching English, so all of this is going to be very much speaking to that mindset of people. <laughs> um, I recognize that not everybody out there, they're probably like, oh, this is taking me back. She's going to start diagramming sentences before the end of this. Um, yeah, so I will outline. So, like, I'm in Job right now is what I'm personally studying, and if you're going back and forth between, like, Job's three friends and, like, what Job says and what they say, outlining just helps me keep in mind, oh, this text is Eliphaz or this text is Job and here's what he's saying and they're talking back to each other. It's a conversation. Um, so it's a way of just helping me keep track of the flow of a conversation or mm. of an argument um, and making sure that I'm understanding it. And again, I can teach better from that outline. You brought back a funny memory for me because I remember in high school, I was in English class and... Um, at the time, our pastor at my home church was using the New American Standard, and so it's more a word-for-word translation than some that we more use more often now. And I remember, you know, like when you're reading Romans and Paul, like some of those sentences are paragraphs. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was like... Right on yeah. And I remember, okay, what's the subject here? What's the verb? And to be honest, it really helped in my Bible study to uh, diagram the sentence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm going there. But it's, uh, it's, it, it really is. It's, yeah. it's so helpful to, okay, what's the meat of this paragraph or this sentence? You know, and it's, uh, I know we're taking you back, but it is, it is uh, very, very helpful. Total tangent. We, uh, so just this past week, we studied that exact thing with Paul with his message of Thanksgiving in Colossians 1. And we went back and looked at every other opening of every other letter that he wrote. Um, and with the exception of Galatians, uh, that same like structure and sentence, the wording, the, but most importantly, the impact that he tried to make with that Thanksgiving was in every one of his letters. Uh, and it was so beautiful to look at and to kind of reiterate that. And we actually read all of them out loud. And then yeah, I reminded our group that, hey, he did this over like 25 years. Same consistent feel of thanksgiving and praise for the Lord and everything that he did in his ministry. And so it was just really interesting to walk through. That's cool. Let's bring this back in. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, I think that's about the time that we have for today. We are definitely going to have Ashley back next week and continue this conversation. We've got some more things to, to go through that I know that you'll love to hear about how to prepare a lesson. So, Ashley, thanks for being here today, and we look forward to next week. Thanks for having me. Okay. Each week I love to give a challenge, and the thing I'd love to challenge you with today is just think about how you can equip people, not just teach people. One of the ways I encourage our leaders is to to challenge, but also Um, you know, not just challenging, but are we giving them the tools to be a Christ follower and to practice that and not just giving them things to know? So that's my challenge for you this week. Equip people. Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. 
Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of great groups, to make disciples.